0: sometimes we gotta dip our toes (laughs) in the water a little bit (laughs) around our past so that we can begin to rewire those parts of our brain and create new neural pathways so that you can move past those things
1: great experiences build great leaders great leaders build great teams this is building great sales teams All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Grade Sales Team's podcast. We've got a different one for you guys today. I've got Mandy Morris. She's the co-founder and clinical director of Mosaic Counseling Group. She's an EMDR clinician, trainer, and consultant. She's also an executive coach and licensed therapist. She's coached leaders and politicians on platforms like Apple, BET, Revolt, MTV, as well as nonprofits. Mandy, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Doug. I'm happy to be here. This is exciting.
1: Awesome, awesome. So when I think of therapy, I think of the couch and the office.
0: I got one right back there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and some 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 poor guy or gal just spilling their guts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And all
0: I'm asking you is how do you feel?
1: <laughs> exactly. <That's it. laughs> so, but you've turned kind of that traditional therapy career into something. Really different and really exceptional. Can you kind of walk us through that journey? When did you decide to kind of, I guess, draw outside the lines a little bit?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks for that. No, yeah, I've, um, I mean, as with many people in my field and really in, you know, even the work that you do, you know, care about helping people and making a difference and all of that. Um, but the brain has always really fascinated me. Always have wanted even when I was a little kid know like the science and the why behind everything. And, uh, that was always really passionate about that. And, um, you know, ever since I became a therapist, I've, um, I have not liked the, the stigma attached to therapists and therapy and I see why it exists. Uh, I've had my fair share working with some, um, not great experiences with therapists before and, um, being one myself, you know, really tried to, uh, do things different and things that are going to be more more impactful. Uh, you know, there's so much that we don't understand about the brain. There's so much we understand more now than we used to. And a lot of these struggles that we go through in life, um, if there had just been some education around it, I mean, shit, there's, we grew up with PE, physical education. Mm-hmm. You know, can you imagine if you'd grown up with mental and emotional wellness education? And I mean, I can look back on my own life and as an adult be like, oh man, yeah, I totally had anxiety <laughs> since I was <laughs> a kid, you know, but I, I didn't know what it was called at the time, right? Yeah, It, it then, wasn't
1: as prevalent as it is now.
0: Right, right. And oh, so like, that's what you know, that's what trauma is, and that's what post-traumatic stress symptoms look like and, you know, all the things. Um, and so just really kind of out on a mission to, to do it differently. And, you know, in, you know, in the course of my career, I've aspired to do a lot of different things. I think I just have a natural um, allergy to stay stagnant. And so like, I'm mm-hmm. always wanting to grow and do more and learn more things. And, um, if it's ever been too long since I've you know, learned something new or done something and I just get antsy, you know, it's like a bad Twitch or something. And I gotta do something about it. But, um, you know, the, as a therapist and you know, one of my goals was to get trained in EMDR, which is a mm-hmm. very specific type of trauma therapy, because the research out on it at the time um, and this was this was forever ago, this was a, like maybe 10 years ago um, was you know tremendous in terms of it being 90% percent effective in uh, single case trauma incidences of zero post zero post-traumatic stress symptoms after uh, anywhere from as a minimum of five or six EMDR sessions to, you know, complex trauma, 80% effectiveness, and zero post-traumatic stress symptoms, um, anywhere from, you know, five to 10 EMDR sessions, and because it's a neurological process, and anyway, just, you know, as a therapist, you know, I can spend months and months with someone trying to work through things, and, uh you know on my end of it wanting to get them relief as quickly as possible
1: yeah.
0: and it just taking time and so i knew that i wanted to get trained in it, and it's and it's quite an ordeal to get trained in it and so when i finally was able to um that really was a game changer in the therapy world for me um and i now train other therapists and getting certified and how to do that as well and consult them about that um, but To answer your question about what made me think outside the box a little bit was um, this was end of 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my good friends, I was talking with her about, you know, all these ideas that I have. I would go on my runs. I'd listen to my podcasts and I'd have all these ideas and about things I wanted to do or things I wanted to write about or, you know, workshops I wanted to create a retreat or you know, whatever it was and I'd have my little idea book and I'd write it all down in there and then do nothing with it. Probably <laughs> yeah. busted my ass on that. Sounds like a lot of us. Right and, and was like why are not you do anything with this and I was like well that means that I would have to like put myself out there and I would have to like you know uh, use my own content and mm-hmm. you know, all the the fears that go along with that early on and um it was actually perfect timing. You know, I, I uh, made a deal with myself uh, that I, I haven't always stuck to, but mostly that if I was going to do this, I wasn't going to freak out about how many likes I did or didn't have, or, yeah. you know, try to, you know, be perfect in what I say, because that's just not sustainable. And that hopefully my, the right audience would come to me based off of, you know, how I am as a person in this, in this field. And um, so that's when I started my social media at the right, right before the pandemic hit. And then the p- pandemic hit, it was really good timing for me. You're and headed, I, ahead of the game. yeah, yeah. And, you know, from that, I got to, you know, some of those in my bio, some of the things that you read off that's mm-hmm. uh, those opportunities happened in 2020. I got yeah. connected to some, some musicians and some producers and started doing mental health in the music industry related things. And um, I grew up, Grew up with a family of musicians. And so that was kind of a natural uh, sort of interweave there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as I started working with more people and people on uh, different platforms and higher levels, I've been working on just as they would get better or um, break their own barriers or break through their own psychology around, uh, you know, whatever it is they were trying to work on. As mm-hmm. that got better, their businesses also grew, and that right. was really rewarding for me. You know, and so I was more so encouraged to get into the executive coaching realm. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and this is not a knock against coaches at all. I'm just being very honest about um, my internal dialogue here. Of I was like, I didn't go to school to be a coach, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and like, um, well, you know, I'll, that. yeah. I'll
1: jump in there, and I I feel like I know what you're talking about because it it is confusing right so like we we had traditional or we had therapy and we you know you know i had seen uh billions is what i would equate it to yeah. right billions the therapist and and billions how she's like what makes that place tick right right exactly and i was like oh man that's the first time i had open it i kind of opened my mind to a performance coach but had nothing to do with the business and everything to do with the mind. everything going on in here yep. you know And if I could unravel some of this stuff in here, then I could perform better out there, right? Mm -hmm. So that that was the first time I feel like any of us kind of, you know, general population, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're kind of open to, oh, okay, it's more than just crying out your feelings and having someone to talk to about all the uh, things, right? right? Yep. And so, and then, you know, 2020 happened and it was like all these coaches came out of the woodwork, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was pretty much like they took a course they got certified mm-hmm. as, as some kind of coach, right? right? And then and then came the the one-liners and stuff like that about sure. how they coached. Mm-hmm. And when I, you know, the more you get marketed to for this stuff and not even ads, just, you know, people in the network and stuff like that. It's like, man, there's gotta be more to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's, it can't just be you telling them what you think they should do or what trauma they should deal with in order to move forward. And plus you're getting into areas that, you know, honestly, you're just not educated enough on, right. you know, right. as, as a, a non-licensed therapist or a non-licensed, how do I say that you're acting as a therapist, but you're not a licensed therapist. You know right. I mean? Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So that always yeah. was there, a There's weird, gray
0: lines there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So, but I understood like, okay, entrepreneurs that had gone out and done amazing things mm-hmm. and then they were coaching, you know, yeah. maybe they were still running their business and they were doing like more of a mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's all these little, I guess, lanes that you can run in, you know, sure. like um, I have a mentor, you know, mm-hmm. but he's not messing with the stuff in my head. We're working on stuff in my business. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And so yeah. I think uh, I think those areas, those lines get blurred a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And yep. so it's it's kind of refreshing to see someone coming from a licensed and educated piece, but also understanding, hey, I'm dealing with entrepreneurs, you know what I'm saying? So I've got to talk their language too. Right, right. You know, on top of that. So yeah. what are some of the th- things that you see holding these top performers back and you know, what do you what do you feel like without you know them being a client? Sure. You know, you can tell our listeners like if they're struggling with something, what can they do in order to kind yeah. of get past it or what do they have to do is there an identification process or
0: Sure. What yeah. There? Yeah, and um and just to say, I love the Billions chick. She's kind of like what I aspire to be, <laughs> in, <laughs> exactly. in some ways, and in all. In she all is well ways. paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, I'm I'm very direct in my approach about things, which is mm-hmm. I think part of what why um, I'm drawn to the crowd that I am. I don't yeah. know if it was growing up with older brothers or what, it's just how I am. But um, I, you know, the kind of some of the the hard ass dudes um, are some of my favorite ones, but, um, but yeah, the process being, you know, from what I, from what we know, what I know about the brain, you know, I walk people through a line of questioning, you know, with, you know, why are they even coming to me to begin with, you know, why reach out now? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's, you know, there's a reason for, you know, why we all do certain things and the timing that we do certain things in and all of that's important. Um, And from, from there, based off of their goals and where they're wanting to go and and what I know, I'm able to intersect a lot of the pieces. So, for instance, um, like I a business owner I can think of who has kind of been stuck in the same revenue caliber yep. for like the past five years and doesn't know, you know, why she can't move forward with that or why he can't move forward with that and Mm -hmm. it's frustrating and affecting the family now and you know angry at the world and like you know all these things whatever it may be and you know it's it's amazing how um all a lot of this is going to go back to a belief you're operating out of about yourself they don't realize that you are Mm -hmm. um because we all operate out of our belief systems and uh, it's not a conscious thing, you know, we're not walking around thinking of, you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, I, I'm, I feel like a failure <laughs> or things yeah. like that. They're just things that get ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did a whole talk at an executive men's uh, mastermind not too long ago, and it was self-sabotaging behavior and leadership. Okay. And that, you know, goes into things of like, Procrastinating and dwelling on mistakes, uh, choosing what's comfortable over what's healthy, uh, not seeking out help or support. Um, I mean, the list goes on. There's like 10 or 15 of them. And mm-hmm. you know, all these very successful, you know, multimillionaire dudes could relate to about 70% of all of them. Yeah. But those behaviors, like that, and the person who can increase their revenue, um, that's going back to an internal operating system. And that's how I frame it is it's an internal operating system. You are hardwired in certain ways. You have, you know, all these neuro pathways in your brain that certain thoughts, behaviors go down the same route all the time. And, but those things are symptoms of the issue. Mm -hmm. So my friend, I was just talking about, you know, when we, when it's all said and done, he's trying so hard to not be a failure because it feels like a failure right. that it's crumbling in on himself. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or, you know, the people who are f- afraid of success or feel responsible for everyone and everything. So they don't have any boundaries or, yeah. you know, I mean, the list can go on around a lot of stuff, but, um, you know, there's understanding your own internal operating system, what that looks like. And then how do we create a more optimized, uh, software update, if you will, mm-hmm. of the way in which um, you you go about internally as it relates to what you show externally, um, and so uh, I call it leadership DNA. So we w- I walk them through uh, sort of a system around that that is you know it's a skeleton structure that is very personally uh, tailored to the person that I'm working with mm-hmm. around it um, because if you don't understand why you are the way you are Uh, you're never going to understand where you might even have blind spots to begin with yeah so um i don't know how that was too vague or not but that's a a a loose start to what i'll I'll do with people
1: yeah and it's 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 not necessarily vague but it definitely is complicated in a sense Mm -hmm. you know and that's a good thing yeah because it it means that like you're getting deep in what you're talking about versus sure. what, what drives me nuts is when coaches say these overarching things
0: mm-hmm. or
1: um, therapists say these overarching things and i get it like they can't get too specific because yeah, yeah. you can't even give examples because yeah you know like yeah against yeah. yeah. gets your uh you could lose your license right sure. and so but you're still able to to kind of put that framework out there
0: yeah, yeah. you know
1: and and the the best way i can describe it is like if someone, if someone wants to start like practicing disciplines that are good mm-hmm. for them healthy for them like working out in the morning
0: mm-hmm.
1: every time that alarm goes off at 430 and, and it's in the first let's just say six months of you starting this this healthy discipline right sure. every time that alarm goes off you're pushing against you're basically mm-hmm. forging a new path in your brain
0: yeah yeah you're working every against yourself yeah.
1: single time mm-hmm. And your brain's mm-hmm. job is to keep you safe. Keep you yeah. happy, keep you content, keep you satisfied. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So that's in bed.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean we're we're creatures that avoid pain and discomfort at all mm-hmm. costs sometimes, and that you know learning how to to tolerate pain and tolerate discomfort is a very foreign thing to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think less foreign in the entrepreneur world because yeah. we're forced to do hard things, right? Yeah. You know, and so I think you know. People in that arena have their own set of struggles, um, mm-hmm. and that come from performance-based issues, that come from perfectionism at times, that come from comparison. Uh, there's there is a, say, a saying though in therapy land uh, mm-hmm. that is the past is present, and uh, I I say the past is present whether you like it or not, and that's the thing I think with. You know, a lot of people who resist going into therapies, they don't want to dig into the past. Right. And I get it like it's done. It's over. Let's move on. Let's move forward. But if you think about the hard wiring of your brain and everything that's been laid down mm-hmm. into, like to your point, working against yourself when you're trying to form a new habit, Yeah. you know, at least at the very least, understanding the impact of what your journey your experiences have been through up until now and how that could still be affecting you is a big deal you know another example of a ceo that i work with is um again someone else who is felt stuck um recognize why do i keep making some of these emotional decisions (laughs) Mm -hmm. um that i'm doing these things like I'm, i'm keeping someone on because I will feel bad if I fire them, like, or right, I'm, yeah. I, you know, whatever it may be. And I'm, I'm, you know, when a, a kind of a, you know, a, a bit of a process to whittle it down to, to what does it feel like it means about you if you fire this person, and then why don't you do that? And then going back into, you know, some earliest times when those feelings came up, stuff like that. Anyway, long story short is, you know, and this kind of hit this person like a ton of bricks, but what we realized is that he was operating out of a belief of I'm responsible for everybody and I don't deserve good things. So there was this sort of storm that was keeping him in these emotional and behavioral patterns Mm -hmm. that he didn't know how to break out of because he was operating out of belief that didn't ever even exist to begin with, but that felt very true. So, you know, that's just kind of another example of how, you know, sometimes we got, you know, dip our feet in the toes or dip our feet in the toes, dip our toes <laughs> in the water a little bit yeah. <laughs> around our past so that we can begin to rewire those parts of our brain and create new pathways, so that you can move past those things.
1: And when you said storm, I immediately got a visual of a hurricane, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how is it in the eye of the hurricane? It's calm.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And as soon as you want to get out of that eye of the hurricane, you're going to encounter the storm. Yep. But in order to get out of those, all those bad habits, you're talking Mm -hmm. about, you have to go through that hurricane. Mm
0: -hmm. What's familiar is comfortable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I was just at a retreat this weekend, again, for another executive business owners. Mm Um, but they, they wanted me to talk on relationships, which I thought was interesting. So I did. Um, and, uh, you know in in this sort of journey with um, having to face you know certain things is we, we're drawn to what's familiar. Why do we get in the same relationship patterns you know that we can't seem to break? Why do I keep you know getting in relationships with these people that I I am now trying to fix or that you know these issues come or up that or that whatever. What'd you say?
1: Or that need me?
0: Yeah. Or that need me and I feel needed in them, but then it always ends up bad or, you know, we do the same thing in Mm -hmm. all areas of our life that we operate out of because we're drawn to what's familiar. But a lot of times, what we grew up in wasn't healthy, but it's familiar. Yeah, And if we don't learn how to break that, then it creates problems.
1: I see this all the time with my friends. Right. And, you know, I, I hate to call it a stereotype, but it is, it's a cliche, it's cliche more than stereotype, but it's like successful business owner gets a divorce mm-hmm. and then starts dating the younger woman, right? Mm-hmm. And she's got, I mean, she's young, so she's got nothing right. going on yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and it gets to the point where it's like, she basically needs him to survive, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's just, you, you see it happening and you're like, I know why it's happening because, you know, he got a divorce because he didn't feel needed. So right. he got with someone that like physically financially and emotionally needed him mm-hmm. to lead them, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's like, immediately you go from one
0: uh-huh.
1: bad habit to another, you yeah. know? Yeah.
0: And, and I was guilty.
1: Yeah. I was a hundred percent guilty of that.
0: Yeah. So, Literally just had a conversation with a guy this weekend at the retreat, you know, very successful business owner mm-hmm. and said the same exact thing why do I keep getting, you know, with these younger women? And then they end up depending on me financially. Yeah. And I, you know, exactly what you're saying. And I, all I said was, you, you know, cause he was asking me for the answers. Right. Right. And all I said <laughs> to him was, well, what's the earliest time in your life you remember having to be responsible for people. Yeah. And he like looked at me like deer and headlights. He goes, when I was five, Wow. there it is. You're always responsible for someone else. So yeah. no. he had to pay for the rest of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but then that that started dialogue and you know, yeah. And, yeah.
1: No, I love it. I love it so much. Okay, let's <laughs> let's shift a little bit here. I want to shift back to uh EMDR. Yeah. So I'm I'm a little I researched it for like two minutes, right? And yeah. um was very interested in what you said about the PTSD part because you know I've worked with Military, in terms of placing them in small businesses and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and as well as hiring them.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think that's a big issue, obviously, in the military community. Sure. Now, you said, you know, single instance
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, PTSD, yeah.
0: right? Single so, with this, with, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: single ins- incident traumas, would this work, you think, for? The military, too, are they utilizing it? Oh, yeah, some, for sure. You no, just the,
0: the percentage of having zero post traumatic stress symptoms mm-hmm. for those who have, um, which no one really only has one, it's, you know, it's right. rare to have one, you know, traumatic right. incident in your life. Um,
1: I've got 74,
0: I'm yeah, kind of yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, most people in the military, right?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> most people in the military go into the military to escape their home life because there's been yeah. so much trauma, like that's what's. Pretty common of anything, mm-hmm. um, and I mean I have. So that that statistic is just for that. I mean it's eighty percent effective of zero post stress post traumatic stress symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even like to refer to it as a disorder uh honestly anymore um because of the effectiveness of i mean i've gone through my own emdr for my own Mm post-traumatic stress symptoms and um and big big believer in it it's not the only way to get help by any means but it is a very um significant tool but yeah um the to your point I i have a lot of people in Active service, who are veterans, police officers, first responders, who mm-hmm. will come to me just for EMDR because of how effective it is and how effective it is in such a short period of time.
1: Is this is this a fairly new treatment, or has it been out for a while?
0: Actually, no. It's um, it's not fairly new at all. Um, so. The woman who I'll give the nutshell version of it, the woman who came up with this, she was a um, psychologist researcher and she found one day, this was like back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, um, she had just gotten some distressing news. And as she was on a walk, she was looking at the trees from side to side, so left to right. Mm -hmm. And she found that as she was having these thoughts, but doing that. Her distress became less and less and less as so you got curious about it. And right. um, what they have found is that when we target a traumatic experience, so um, that hasn't been resolved, and all of that, all that means, like this whole word, like it hasn't been healed or resolved. Right, like, what right, the hell yeah. does that mean? Like, been it, holding you it back. means shit, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What it means is that it hasn't been. Your mind hasn't processed it in a way where it's resolved itself to where everything makes sense. There's no more emotional distress. And it's been filed in the right, the correct part of the brain in long-term memory. So you can bring it up when you want to and put it away when you want to. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've ever experienced post-traumatic stress symptoms, you could be walking down the road one day and your mind, not even consciously gets triggered by an association. And then now I'm having an anxiety attack or, You know, you know, fireworks go off and you're hitting the deck because your brain loses where it is for a minute and all this stuff. So all of that, all of that trauma is still stored in the fight or flight system part of the brain, which is why Mm -hmm. you get activated when something connected to that trauma comes up. And it's usually and it's always connected to some sort of negative belief, which creates Mm -hmm. the trauma. I'm not safe, I can't protect myself, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, whatever the negative belief is. So what they have found is that when you incorporate bilateral stimulation, so alternately activating the left and right side of the brain. Yep. Eye movement. Um, if you're in my office, you can hold these little uh, they're called Thera tappers. I call them the Buzzy guys. They just pulse back and forth in your hand. Yeah. Uh, if we're if we're virtual we're tapping it feels super weird um, uh, at first, but what happens is, is your mind naturally starts to make connections it hasn't made before. And uh, you're fully awakened in control. It's mm-hmm. not hypnosis or anything like that. But it activates your mind's problem-solving ability. It's a similar mechanism that happens in REM sleep cycle where your mind organizes information, keeps what it needs to keep, gets rid of what it doesn't need to keep, and to where um, it it makes the connections it needs to make. You know how some, you can know something's logically true, but does not feel true? Yes. I know that's. Logically, right now I'm safe, I don't feel safe. I know logically I'm good enough, I don't feel good enough, whatever it is. So this aligns the logic to the nervous system that repairs It repairs its a neurological process. And so as it's making the connections it needs to make, the logic actually feels true. <laughs> and um, you know, by the end of it, there's no more, you can't forget that it happened, but there's not an emotional charge connected to it. And you have a more adaptive belief about yourself. Like I survived this, I got through it. Or um, it wasn't that I wasn't good enough um, as a kid because my mom used to beat me is because she was the problem. Like I am enough. I have value regardless. Yeah, whatever it is. And you, you see yourself in a whole different lens because your brain has been able to make the connections it needs to make
1: mm-hmm. and bring
0: it up when you want to bring it up, not when your brain is triggered and it brings it up for you. So it's a very fascinating process. Um, you can see, results within one session.
1: So, you know, it, the, the connection I'm making is, you know, like I'm at a standing desk right now,
0: Mm -hmm. I think
1: better when I'm standing Mm -hmm. or I'm walking, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, you were on a walk and you started getting all these ideas for content and things, retreats and all that good Mm -hmm. stuff. Like there's something about being active that makes your brain work better. And I'm assuming it's blood flow, but also bilateral. Okay
0: walking and running is bilateral Oh, I I mean, see what you're even, saying even moving, even moving your time. arms is bilateral okay. left and right side of the brain it gets you uh-huh. out the emotional center part of your mind and it, it lets your mind think like that's where you get into flow states and all of that it's all bilateral
1: yeah that makes a ton of sense i love that yeah yeah I love that our listeners just got to hear all that unraveling. (laughs) It's (laughs) fantastic.
0: Oh God, I can geek out about this stuff for hours. Yeah.
1: Well, you can tell the difference between like you talking about yourself and you talking about this, like you light up when you talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, It's fascinating.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. So what about like managing people, right? So a lot of what we talk about on this show is building great sales teams, right? And you can't build a great sales team unless you become a great leader. Right. And so in order to be a great leader whether it's staff or the the, uh whether it's operations or sales we need to be able to manage them
0: Mm -hmm. right
1: and what are some of the things that you work with with business owners and managing their people i mean i I gotta imagine they come to you and they say man freaking cheryl she's on my (laughs) last nerve you know what i mean like she i feel like she's purposely doing things wrong and Mm -hmm. you know maybe she thinks that she's above reparation or something like that. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? I would imagine they come to you with a lot of the stuff. Do You have a framework for dealing with um, employees or managing people in general.
0: Sure. Any yeah. Advice
1: there for us. <laughs> yeah, self? yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Um, I'll start this off with a uh, a saying in psychology land: is that psychologists and therapists never get mad about anybody about anything, because so we know the nature we know the nature behind the behavior of everything that they do. And so it comes from a place of understanding that the way in which people behave and act is a reflection of something that's going on inwardly. And so you learn to not take things personally. Um, Well, now that's
1: a, that's a passive aggressive comment on Facebook too. Now, oh yeah, it's more about you than it is about me.
0: Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. People can weaponize that all day long. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 What you're
1: saying is so true. I'm sorry. What you're yeah, no, 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 true. no, keep going, yeah. What you're saying is so true, though, because, like, as I get older, and, you know, I've become a lot more observative in the last two years than I was in the prior 35, right? Mm-hmm. And so I do, I realize that there's certain people that are on even kill at all times, and it's because of their experience, and they've gone through a lot of trauma in their lives, and they've learned how to process it, deal with it, like you said. And then, not only that, and this is where the managing people comes into place. Like you said, you can recognize maybe something that you, you know, used to react the wrong way to, somebody else sure. doing it in the same way and you know why they're doing it already. And you yeah. give them that space kind of right. you're more grace. You have more grace in that situation.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then and then it goes into, you know, a lot of what I'll do too is I'll kind of break down why, you know, what is it about this person that's bothering you so much? Why is this mm-hmm. a trigger for you? You know, um, why are you responding to them in the way in which you are? Why are you not so tolerant? You know that because we can't control the people. So we have to look at that for ourselves. Um, So I think that's one area of it. And then the other is the emotional intelligence piece part of it. And all EQ is, is the ability to use, manage and perceive emotions in yourself and in other people. Now. I know, also know EQ has gotten a bad rap online over the last you know, couple of years is because a lot of companies can use that for manipulation. You know, you're using your powers for bad, not good in some ways. However, okay. if, if you use emotional intelligence right, it can actually increase your revenue in the first year by 30% if you do this the right way. And okay. so it becomes a very big part of a company's success not only in their culture, but in their revenue. And I think that EQ has been given the rap a lot of times that this is not that it's just for building culture, but man, all these, you know, feelings, but it's not what it is. You know, it's being able to see past what a person is saying and understand what's behind it, Mm -hmm. being able to understand what's going on within yourself and manage that so that you can communicate effectively um, there's a lot that goes into it mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, I've, I've been hired by companies to work with some of their leadership before their CEOs, because they're brilliant at what they do, but they don't know how to work with people. They don't know yeah. how to communicate with people the right way. Yeah. And, um, there's almost this idea that, um, there's no place for emotions in the workplace Uh, because then you'll make an emotional decision and it's way different to make an emotional decision that has no logic backing to it Mm -hmm. versus being sensitive to an experience someone is having that is affecting their productivity. You know, one of the simplest examples I can give is let's say, um, let's say you have kids. And Mm -hmm. you have a middle schooler and it's time to go to school. And let's say your middle schooler is like, hey, dad, I'm just, I'm, I'm sad today. I don't feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't want to see Bobby at school because he makes me feel like I'm worthless or whatever it is. And you're like, okay, let's go to school and talk about it when we're back. (laughs) You know, that kid is not going to be thinking about anything about, you know, Western civilization or what he's learning in social studies until that's resolved and you know people have not only their own things going on in their personal life but then their own stress related um, work related stressors mm-hmm. um, and then also just the lack of skills in their own social capacity that affects um, interpersonal relationships but also sales teams yeah. and um, how sales teams go out and actually sell to other people um, and there's a difference between being Manipulative and charming, and getting a sale and having a short term client, and there's a versus actually showing genuine, you know, empathy and concern and emotional and social awareness around a person having a long term client, Mm you know, and so uh, all of that plays a part a big part in the success of a five-year company versus a 10-year company 20 Mm -hmm. and um it's an underserved training i believe or at least or not getting the right trainers to do the trainings around that to really um learn a lot of these skills and um you know i yeah i had numerous ceos say well just cuz people think that that's how i am doesn't mean it's how i am they think i'm a hard ass i'm not a hard ass blah, blah blah it's like well perception's reality my friend yeah. so you got to change the perception then whether mm-hmm. it's accurate or not that this is what it is and so learning how to interact p- with people in a way that is you know true true leadership people who want to follow someone mm-hmm. you know who who you know, feel connected to something bigger than themselves who feel valued. I just did a post the other day that people will go where they're welcomed and they'll stay where they're valued. Mm -hmm. And there's a fine line in the difference between that, but a good leader will know the difference between that. And if not a good leader is coachable.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's crazy how these uh, sayings get, you know you use the term weaponized earlier or like yeah. overused or
0: mm-hmm. taken
1: out of context and one of them is you know i'm not responsible for your your perception of me
0: right, <laughs> right. but yeah. when you're
1: a leader in a, in a business then yeah. i would say 100 percent you are responsible yeah. for your teams yeah. your mm-hmm. key players your company's perception of you and you have to do the mm-hmm. work to make sure that that's good and You know, one of the things I've I've coached my clients on big time because it worked for me whenever I was um, running my own sales teams Mm -hmm. is just reaching out to entry level people and having a five minute conversation with them and giving them your time. You know, know, I systemize everything. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, basically you would have these two sections of your week set aside Mm -hmm. for this. Yeah. And it'd just be your reach out time. And if you didn't have anybody new, you'd reach out to basically the bottom of the ladder up because mm-hmm. top of the ladder down gets exposure to you to a certain degree, you know, so you right. want to work your way, the other way around. And, you know, one of the benefits of you hear things that you probably shouldn't hear that your middleman mm-hmm. wouldn't have told you. And yeah. you're like, sure. oh, so that's why we're dipping our numbers on Wednesdays because we all get, get Mexican food and get too full and don't work too right. hard in the afternoon, you know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> like, right.
0: Yeah. Yep. So there's,
1: there's other benefits to it too. Yep. But I, as you're talking about these things, I'm thinking about, and it's funny because I just posted in the Success Champions group mm-hmm. on Monday about this, like when I thought about myself at 25, 26 years old, mm-hmm. I had no business running a $4 to $5 million company, but I was, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about all the work that it took to get there from 23 to 26 because yeah. a lot of the success happened in the last year and a half. And so I was riding high, right? And Mm -hmm. then I find out that one of my managers is bad mouthing me and starting to recruit people and planning an exit. And Uh, so what do I what do I do in my young mental, you know, trauma-induced state?
0: We're going to war.
1: I call them, curse them out, I kick things, I act like a child. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And um what brought this up and what brought that whole post up was, you know, one of my friends reached out to me and he sent me a voice memo of his boss. Mm-hmm. And his, his boss is my age, or actually older, he's in his 40s, very successful, and can't has a revolving door of people in his mm-hmm. business, but this person has been with him for five plus years, mm-hmm. you know, and dealt with this abuse, and it was, it was a lot of verbal yeah. abuse in a voice memo. The voice memo, when it comes to this, was the worst thing ever invented, because <laughs> yeah. you can send it, you can't take it back, and they can save it, you know, mm-hmm. and so, but anyways... And he's just going off and then in the next one he's like oh i was wrong you know what i mean it's like you literally sent from you know 235 to 240 Mm -hmm. you're just taking the time if you took a second step back and assess the situation Mm -hmm. instead of just making an emotional decision which in this case it was terrible it it was bad yeah Yeah. Um, and and so that that whole post was about that because i think uh, when you do when you get in those more successful roles those higher Mm -hmm. Uh, where you're not necessarily selling something that's proprietary. You know, right. you are you have a group or you have, you know, and a lot of people build towards that, you know, mm-hmm. like for me, it was door-to-door sales. So we had mm-hmm. a team of uh, 80 or 90 people at that point. So we had this big machine that we had built mm-hmm. and you could take off chunks of it if you recruited people yeah. away and stuff. So kind of our reaction to holding everything together was strong arm it. And- yeah you know, yeah. make everybody stay, you know what I'm right. saying? Which obviously now we know that doesn't work. So. Right,
0: right. Yeah. What, what's the saying? Don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to botch this up and try it though. Don't mix um, a bad mood with bad words because you can change a bad mood, but essentially you can't change the words that come out of your mouth just because you're in a bad mood. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can't change the bad words you said. Yeah. <laughs> they were, once they're said, it's over.
0: Right? said, yeah, for sure.
1: Okay, so when you look at your favorite clients to work with right now, mm-hmm. um, walk me through that. I mean, I know you have, you know, you have workshops going on, you've got events, you've got a retreat coming up that we're going to talk about. Yeah. But so Who do you feel like are the, the clients that you really enjoy working with?
0: Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, the ones who are open to yeah. to change and feedback. Um, I I don't mind a challenge, though. Uh, you know the because I mean, there are times that mean,
1: um, mean court mandated,
0: <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I was an anger management specialist for a while, so I got a lot of those at one time in my life. Uh, not kidding at all. Um, actually, they were some of my favorite, though. Yeah, winning them over was was the best um, in terms of helping them see mm-hmm. their humanity in a good way. Um, but the, yeah, I mean, cause a lot of times I'll, I'll maybe get hired by a president for the CEO or something like right. that. And, you know, I'm a little bit of a caveat. You see that I'm executive coach go on my websites, therapist, Mandy, yeah. it's the T word, right? You yeah. don't want to hear the word therapist. Um, and so, you know, that's, I think it's, it's um, my background sets me apart. Mm -hmm. And it's also that the thing that will keep people closed off for a while um, and shut up because they're like, well, what's really the agenda here? You know, and um, but even even with that is um, I'm pretty straight shooter. Once I level with people and Mm -hmm. figure out what's really going on, that's usually not a problem for me. But, you know, I I think it's the people who want to make big impact, who um, are willing to you know, admit that there's something going on in them, even if they don't know what that is that right. because I'm more heavy on the psychology side of it and on, you know, the um, mental health side of it, if you will, and mental health where it even gets a bad rap, but, yeah. um, you know, I'm a mental and emotional fitness. How about that? If that makes everybody <laughs> more comfortable, we can say those words. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I've, a lot of the shows that I've been on before, um, even before, when I was an executive coach, mm-hmm. um, I'd I'd be on different CEO podcasts or things like that, and it'd be around you know, it's, you know very successful um, upper uh, level leadership, uh, president, CEO who over the past year have been having their first panic attacks and are trying to manage managing themselves and people and or addictions and or however they're coping and their loneliness of all of it um i mean obviously i think those are some ideal clients um but i think anybody who's willing to work on themselves you know as individually as a leader as a person for themselves and for their company um also if they're if they're wanting to grow in their leadership in terms of how they how they deal with other people and how they train other people in their company almost like a train the trainer type of thing where i can use what we do together for them to start modeling and how you know what to do so that other people know what yeah they
1: can coach their key players
0: that's yeah exactly exactly um and so yeah, I mean, any any of that. I mean, obviously the people who um, there's some people who um, it's very clear. Like we're just doing coaching. We're not going to dip our toes in you know uh, you know into some past experiences necessarily or anything like that. And we you know I'm, I'm very you know in my initial um, intake assessment we make. I mean, we make it very clear wh- what the goals are and how we're going to achieve them. Mm. And very concrete about that. Um, I think one of the things that I have not liked personally about therapists and/or coaches, and that I've also heard from other people who felt the same, is that there's just not a lot of practical, concrete solutions for things. It's like this sort of like vague, abstract stuff that you. Yeah. Just- end up talking to someone. I'm like, you can talk to your friend, right? Yeah. You're gonna pay me to talk to me. Um, I mean, we'll talk, but that's not <laughs> what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and so uh, I, you know, that's one thing that I do pride myself on is results and results as quickly as possible. I need you to not need me. Um, I'm not in this to keep people around. Um, right. You know, obviously I, I say that from new, a new levels,
1: new devils though.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I have clients who stayed on with me, but we're, we're having like a quarterly check-in or we're having right. like a, you know, because we have the rapport, I know the story, I know how they operate and all of that, but we're, we're no, not when the hits the, the
1: fan, they're going to reach out to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But um, I think that's another bad rap is a lot of therapists and coaches, people keep, keep people around just for the money. And so they're not giving them these concrete solutions. And I'm not about that at all, because that's right. not, you know, a uh, person of integrity. And so I, you know, we're not doing that. But um, so, I mean, any any of those types of people, I, I, um, I'm a straight shooter. I'm very direct. So mm-hmm. if, you know, not having tough skin is something that you're not good with, then right. Obviously, if you're in that position already, you should be. Probably uh, I'm probably not your gal, but um, you know. Uh, and then, obviously, some of my favorites are the those who want both, who um, know that they have some trauma in the background. Um, I love, like, you know, I love that you brought up some of um, what you do with veterans because mm-hmm. um, you know, I I love working with veterans. With their post traumatic stress, and then coaching them into their next career, mm-hmm. and what that's going to look like. Um, and so when when I can do both, I'm a super happy camper um, yeah. because I'm using you know the scope of my skill set. Um, but obviously, I can do any of those in parts as well.
1: Awesome, fantastic. So you've got an event coming up soon. You've got a retreat going on mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, you're doing a collaboration with was it
0: Bob Russo Mr. Bob Russo yeah and um Bob is also part of success champions and Mm. he was the head executive coach of IBM for years and years and years and um he has you should read his um portfolio it's a very impressive uh career and um actually believe it or not has a psychology background as well Mm. and him and I um Uh, It's, you know, we both work uh, on the leadership team of mutual company and got to know each other through that. And in our um, getting to know each other, he was another one of those people that is just like, oh, I feel like I've known you for years and just kind of connect and like I I could be your best friend. That'd be cool. and. And so the, I had asked him about, like, have you ever done retreats? Because that's something that had been on my mind for a while. And mm-hmm. um, he said, yeah, actually, um, this is what I was thinking. And anyway, we've kind of joined forces, um, combined our powers, and we're putting on a retreat second week of October uh, to yeah. the wonderful Switzerland. Uh, the resort is beautiful. Um, it's it's you know literally you take a cable car up to the resort and um when you walk out of your room there's the swiss alps right in front of you and um it's going to be it's for anybody who wants to develop themselves um uh professionally or personally but it's going to be more personal development in nature and you know as leaders we operate a lot out of the ego so Mm -hmm. Uh, and the intellect, which isn't a bad thing at all. Right. Um, but we forget how to also learn to lead with our heart and our gut as well. And to be a more optimized self that can transcend past your own limits. You got to learn how to do all three of those. And so um, the retreat is uh, living a transcendent life. And so we'll go through different modules around that. We'll enjoy good food and good company mm-hmm. in Switzerland, good uh, experiences out in uh, the Swiss Alps. It's going to be a pretty amazing time. And so um, it's going to be a pretty intimate group. We have a few spots left. Mm-hmm. So if people are interested, uh, we would love to have anyone who wants to come to something like that. Um, there's going to be a lot of big players there, and we're excited about it.
1: Nice. And should they just message you for that or do y'all have a certain site you go to just message? Yep.
0: You can message me or if you go to my Instagram handle, um, or my LinkedIn, there's a link to the website there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and all my handles are on my website, therapistbandy.com. And so they can go to any one of those to get more information or just message me directly.
1: Fantastic. So got two more questions to wrap up the show. Um, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind?
0: Oh man, what a good question. I just, um, talked at a legendary retreat, so it actually was called legendary. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I feel like this is probably going don't, to, I don't know if it's going to be similar to people or not, but, um, you know, when I think of legacy, um, Gosh, that means so many different things. I'll try not to be long-winded here. Uh, I think for for me personally, part of why I do what I do um, is that I like seeing people become more free from the things that have kept them limited or locked down. Whether that be their own trauma and upbringing, or you know, struggles or whatever it may be to um, you know, to to make a bigger impact in the way in which their own unique wiring um, has made for them to do their own purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. in life. And for me, when I can unlock things for people that let them live out what they're designed to do and all of that together, you know, that... That sort, living in a sort of uh, ecosystem or humanity where we're all doing what we're meant to be doing, is um, one of the the most rewarding things for me. And so I think my legacy is seeing other people succeed, and that's what feels good to me um, around that. And you know, when I'm not here anymore on this earth, I'm you know. I'm not going to know what people do and don't know about me, but I hope that there's, um, at least the people who I've come across, there's been enough of an impact that that they're also living their most free and fulfilled life with the time that we have here. Um, So, yeah, that's how I'd answer that.
1: So what I'm hearing is using your unique wiring to let them use their unique wiring. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I like how you said that, though. It, it, It just made sense when you when you yeah. said it like that. Yep. Well, Mandy, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show.
0: Thank you, I appreciate um, this. This was a lot of fun.
1: It's been fun geeking out on all this stuff yeah. with the brain and people's mindsets and leadership. Um, it's all things that I feel like our listeners are gonna get a ton of value from, so good. thank you so much.
0: Good, I hope so. And I look forward to seeing you in person at the summit. In the Absolutely,
1: months. what are we, like a month away or so, I think?
0: Yeah, yeah. a little, little over,
1: yep. Sounds good. Awesome. All right, Thanks, that's good building. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.